Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Local CMY Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale. In this week's episode, continuing our phone interview series, talking with the mother of all pastries, the queen of the buttercream, as her Instagram bio says, which I'm looking at right now, and I absolutely love that. Queen of the buttercream. We're talking with Amy, better known as the Pastry Khaleesi out of Utica, New York. Um, Yeah. I'm going to leave the rest of the introduction about Amy to that. It's a shortened episode. You know, doing these phone interviews, I've noticed one thing, and that is that I notice myself. (laughs) I notice all of my ums and ands and you knows, and there's quite a few of them, you know. It's super annoying. When I had people here in the studio and we would just hit record and talk, I didn't care what I sounded like. Now I do for some reason. So anyways shortened episode this week um here's something really important that you can do though after during or before listening to this podcast go on instagram follow the pastry khaleesi and maybe order some of her delicious baked goods or cakes from her that would be great amy is without a doubt going to be a already is a success story but is without a doubt going to be a success story of things that happened positive things that happened during the COVID-19 quarantine, stay-at-home order, time, whatever it is that we're living in. Don't get me wrong, everything that's happening is horrible, yada, 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 but there are some phenomenal things that are coming out of this, and one of them is a very uh, talented person like Amy who's launching a business during all of this, and I'm sure will be very successful from it. That's it. Without further ado, here is my conversation with the Pastry Khaleesi. So how long have you been baking and kind of working in bakeries and in pastry? Um, I've been baking as long as I can remember. Um, And I went to school for this. Um, I was very fortunate enough to actually still have a career in what I had went to school for. So... Um, professionally since about 2008, um, and I've never stopped. I've been working in pastry kitchens and bakeries ever since. Are you originally from the Utica area? Um, I am. I'm a Utican, uh, born and raised. Um, I love my city so much. I know that uh, not so many people, maybe they don't know about Utica or they don't have a, a positive opinion of it, but I love Utica. Um I don't think I'd ever want to live anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Utica is this kind of, it's got some amazing food out there. I mean, it's got Taylor and the Cook, obviously. Oh, for sure. Modus. Um, yep, I love Modus so much, at least within the last, like, five, six years. Um, just seeing our restaurant game kind of change. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been such a blessing for the city, and I definitely think... Um, just the positive route that our city is growing and going. Yeah. Um, I feel like restaurants and bakeries are definitely what is kind of helping fuel that growth. So, so you're originally from Utica, went to school, uh, got out, you were baking. Um, what's one of the first places that you really kind of cut your teeth on before you, uh, or after you got out of going to school? Um, I got hired right out of culinary school at Turning Stone. Uh, so I ended up working there for six years. And I put my time in, and I was very 
lucky to have been able to work with a lot of amazing chefs. I learned a lot of fine dining skills, um, molecular gastronomy, and how it uh, lends that itself to pastry, which is such a fun thing. Um, and if I hadn't had that experience, I definitely don't know if my style would be what it is because I was able to kind of dip my feet into multiple different types of um, baking and pastry. I was talking to somebody uh, who used to be a, a cook out at uh, one of the restaurants out at Turning Stone, and um, he was saying, like, the ability to be there and kind of take risks and, like, not have to worry about it's a small business and, you know, you can't spend as much or you can't get some of the ingredients or tools or whatever it is. It was uh, like a really great experience to be there and just kind of have, you know, this, the ability to do whatever you wanted to and uh, really It experiment. really was. You get access to insane equipment like anti-griddles and um, Paco jets and expensive equipment that like a normal small mom and pop isn't going to be able to afford to use. So you're able to like learn how to use everything and have that in your back pocket which is super great. And then again, not having a budget as far as when it comes to ingredients. Um, I remember when I had first come out of working at Turning Stone, um, we had a specific supplier that offered us like higher end pastry ingredients. So I didn't really ever see the bill because that just wasn't something that you saw as a pastry chef there. So when I left the casino and I started working at really different bakery, um, I was like, oh, I want this ingredient, so I'm going to look in and see how much, where I can find it, how much is it going to cost, and I saw how much it does cost, and I was like, oh, okay, this is not um, a reality. I mean, I think of, like, just even stuff I do at the house, expensive things I'll buy that I want to cook with, and it's such a world of a difference when you're you know, reporting directly to a small owner or if you have to, like, maybe you're the restaurant owner yourself and you have to make those decisions on cost versus what you want to use. I'm sure it's a very different world. Yeah. So where did you go from Turning Stone? You said you were there for six years? Yep. Um, and then I ended up leaving for what was Bite Bakery at the time in downtown Utica. They had just started out. They were, like, maybe a year a little shy of a year into being open when I was brought on. Um, and I ended up being the executive there for a long time. Um, I worked with them for about four years, um, just developing and uh, doing all the product development, developing their menus. And then when they had actually ended up opening up Whisk and Old Forge, I went with them and did the same thing, basically just started them out, got their menu all set, all that kind of stuff. That's cool. What was it like having a bakery like that in Old Forge? Um, for me, it, it was amazing. Um, the area definitely needed uh, something that was not so much that it needed something new, but it definitely needed something that wasn't just your generic like uh, donuts and muffins. Yeah. Um, they, it was definitely an area where there was an opportunity to tap into my specific style of pastry that just wasn't there yet. Um, and I was very fortunate to be a part of that. Yeah, that's really cool. And do you like, did you like being in Old Forge more than you liked, uh, than you enjoy being in Utica? Um, I loved the drive. I know every time I would tell people that I drive there every day for work, they're like, that's so long. Like, but for me, the drive is so beautiful. And I mean, I run on anchors hours. 
So I'd have to be in the day chat by like 4 a.m., 4.30. So my drive is like 3 in the morning, and it is just stunning. Like, um, it's just so beautiful. It was That's something I, I loved, being able to just like drive that every day and see. Yeah. You know, it's you bring that up, and, it you know, like the baker's hours. I mean, baker's hours are no joke. They are... They really are not. <laughs> absolutely crazy if you just look at it from a normal like a regular so to speak life baker's hours are absolutely crazy um i don't know if i could like the thought of working in a granted i know nothing about uh proper baking or pastry or anything like that um but the thought of like making bread or other baked goods all day seems like, that'd be kind of something fun to do until you realize how early you have to get up if you're going to be the one that's in charge of making sure everything's set. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely, because I have worked in the industry for such a long time, and I am a morning person, so to me, it's just my way of life anyways. Um, but originally, when I had started working at the casino, um, no joke, there were days where myself and my partner would literally work like 18 hour shifts just to drive home and come back and have to be back at work at four in the morning the next day. So you went from, uh, Utica with, uh, bite. And then it was the same mm -hmm. owners that changed that went to whisk and old forge. Uh, yes. And then, um, they ended up changing by back. Like I used to work back and forth. So my full time, I would spend at the old forge whisk and then part time I would fulfill like wedding cake contracts and stuff like that for bite also during the summer. Okay. Um, and then they had ended up switching that to another whisk just to like rebrand and keep everything together. Yeah. I've been to bite. I mean, it's the same thing, but I've been there, you know, once or twice before years ago, um, you know, maybe three and a half years ago or so, uh, kind of when we first started, I used to spend definitely a little bit more time in Utica than I get out there now. But, um, but yeah, absolutely love the place. It's a gorgeous little cafe, great food. It's like, it's it's right in there with that group of amazing places in Utica. There was just something about when you were talking about like fulfilling the wedding cake orders. As a pastry chef, what do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy doing like the big wedding cakes and things like that? Or do you enjoy doing kind of like the small, you know, everyday pieces? Um, as far as cakes go, definitely bigger wedding cakes that's kind of um, what i'm known for um just like the bigger more extravagant um kind of tiered uh wedding cakes okay um i am an artist at heart i wanted to go to school for art but my parents didn't want me to be a starving artist so i ended up <laughs> looking for something that i could find a job in which put me into pastry design um so for me um i love the artistic style of like sculpting and things like that and um, understanding the engineering. So like the stacking and things like that and giant wedding cakes are kind of the only way you get to bring all of that together. So since everything started happening with, um, you know, COVID-19, you've started doing a lot of, um, uh, or mainly like one-off orders uh, from home. Is that correct? Um, well, actually, so I actually ended up starting my own business about uh, almost a year ago. I just never did anything with it. Oh, wow. I 
it was kind of in my back pocket for a long time. Um, I did like all the the legal stuff and um, the build out and my permits and um, everything along those lines. I just I didn't think my time was up yet with WIC, so I didn't have like a scent date. It was my little thing that I had kind of been working on on my own um, with no real uh, starting point, I should say. Um, through the last few months, I've just been finishing the construction, getting my equipment in, and all of those things. Um, and earlier in March, I had finally announced that I was starting my own thing. Um, I plan on working with Made in Utica to design my website. And we had talked about it literally like a couple of weeks before quarantine happened. So we ended up not being able to like have the meeting and finalize everything. Um, but my goal wasn't to start my own business until midsummer. Um, so when I had decided that I was going to use Made in Utica to design my website, that's when I sat down um, Doug and Jay, the owners of my dub whisk, <laughs> to just let them know that, hey, I am moving forward with my own business, um, but it's not going to affect anything because, like, clearly I didn't plan on starting it and <laughs> anytime soon. Luckily, I did get all my permits back and the majority of my packaging was in. Um, I got the go ahead to already start producing from my space. So it all kind of worked out for the best. I as much as I don't want to say it, I feel like quarantine was kind of a good thing for me because it pushed me to, like, finally take the leap to be like, hey, I'm running my own thing now. That's amazing. I don't think, I mean, yeah, that's absolutely amazing. That's like, obviously, that's not going to happen for every person, but I think like that's kind of the punchline of all of this when talking about, like, a... Uh, and a business owner, a uh, business owner's perspective or, you know, what they should be doing or could be doing during this time. And that's it right there. That's awesome. Yeah, it definitely was a blessing in disguise for me because, like I said, I had been working on this for so long and I didn't really, I, I don't, I feel like I was just scared to kind of take the leap to be like, okay, I'm going to do my own thing now. Um, so I didn't really... I literally barely anybody knew my, a couple of my close friends knew and then my parents. And that was literally it. Cause I was just like, you know, it's just a dream. I'm just going to hold on to it. I'll get myself set up. And like, if it ever happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But at least I want to have my space and, and do these things. And I was like, at the end of the day, I could like rent the space out for somebody else or something. So it just kind of worked out great that after being laid off, um, I was just like, you know what? Might as well just put all my energy into this and we'll start getting kinks out now and see what happens. I think of people who, you know, in 2008 with that, you know, recession were able to go through training or get edu educate themselves, whatever the case was, uh, and, and different, um, educate themselves in different things from, you know, real estate to marketing to whatever, um, but took downtime to really kind of um, either a take advantage of the situation by like, you know, learning something and kind of honing their craft or B took advantage of the situation by kind of what you've done, which is, you know, finally get something that you've been working towards and wanting to get started, started. Uh, I think that's amazing. It really is.
Well, there it is, everybody. Thanks so much for checking out the Local CMY podcast. I know there were some audio issues in this one. Um, and, um, you know, we're going to have Amy here into the studio the second that everybody feels safe enough to come back to the studio and record podcasts. Um, or maybe I'll go out to Utica and I'll sit down with Amy and we'll record an in-person com- podcast out there. Um, yeah, so this is just a preview of that podcast. Really looking forward to that one coming out whenever it does. Amy, you're listening. DM me. Let me know what works for you. Uh, do me a favor. Hit that subscribe button, whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on, if that platform has a subscribe button feature. That way you're updated the moment a new episode drops. And then leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the Local CMY podcast. That would mean so much. And that's it, everybody. We'll catch you at the next episode of the Local CMY podcast. Thank you.